Business today looks nothing like it did yesterday. While it's more unpredictable, its possibilities are endless. At ADP, turning unpredictability into an advantage is what we do. Using data-driven insights, we design HR solutions to help businesses work better, smarter, so they can think beyond today and find even more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people. So that way we can let Bill WD-40 into the Spreaker chat so he can lube us up for tonight's show. Lily Pond, Terry Falser, welcome to SOR chat. How you doing, man? And uh, get comfy on the couch over there if you don't mind. All right, Pixie Lara, Digger Dog, Silent Listen. BBD Warrior, it's been a while. Good to have you here. Hi, Bielsa Brad. And uh, how are you? And uh, let's see who else we got. Oh, Thomas Fessler. Thank you for that super chat, my friend. Thomas Fessler from Disclosure tonight, usually on right before us here on YouTube. A great information show that you should all be subscribed to. I know a lot of you are, but if you aren't, then you should get there. Philip Blair. Yep, I am Pam. Susan Go. What's happening, my man? Good to see you. And uh, who else do we have? Hmm. Pink Volo, Michael Fontaine, Jenny, how are you, my dear? Love you. And uh, who else is here? Oh, we got like 20 seconds. I better hurry up here. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Video Game Zombie, thanks for coming on in. Blue Cruise, how you doing? And, uh, oh my goodness, I might actually run out of time. Sweet Amy WC, how are you? You better be coming to Vegas. Ozzy Ange better be coming to Vegas. We love you, Ozzy Ange. And uh, I think we're caught up. Nightmare I called you out. Uh, horns up right now. Let's rock. Central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show, and on TikTok at spaced out radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We got a power show of woo tonight, of course. It's our Keith Andrews night. It's the ET Connection, where we all hop on the woo train and learn everything that we can about this high strangeness of aliens and ET contact. Then in hour number three, we're going to head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller takes you on another spooky journey. And little Timmy Senor, our resident Timbit, will join us for the UFO report. Now, it's been almost eight years since we've had this guy on, 
Eight years. Well, no, he's been on with us for almost eight years is what I should say. Seven or eight, one of the two. But we love him around here. We know you do, too, because he is the conductor of the Wu train. He is the king of the high strangeness. And you know what? Our Keith Andrews is somebody who is a lifelong ET contactee. He is someone who has been there, done that when it comes to extraterrestrial contact. Now, it's up to you whether you want to believe him or not. It really is. But one thing I know about Keith, this guy is as honest as can be. And Keith now helps counsel those who are having their own ET problems, contact, dreams, whatever it may be. That's what he does. That's what he specializes in. That's what he's good at. And we love him when he is here. And we love him all the time. Our Keith Andrews, my friend, it's always good to be with you happy new year to you happy new year new year to you as well as well as all the people that have joined us here it's a busy busy night already my friend a busy busy night because everybody needs a little r keith andrews fix every now and again and you know what i don't blame them i don't blame them whatsoever how is your holidays my friend uh shall we say a little different a week before christmas they closed the company i was working for like, literally, I got, they tried giving me an hour's notice. I got 10 minutes. Well, that's nice. Yeah, you know, so I'm heading for early retirement, but that's okay. Well, you know what? At least they gave you some notice, you know? At least they gave you 10 minutes. I mean, that's real nice. Well, Very professional. <laughs> you know, I can't really fault them. I mean, it, it, they gave us a decent severance package on the whole nine yards. But after 22 years of working for them, it would have been nice to get a little more warning. <laughs> you know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? Uh, I, I understand your plight. I understand your issues. And I do apologize that you had to go through that. Now, did you have any ET contact over the holidays? Oh, fair chunk. Some of the conversations have been remarkable. They're, they're very... I was going to say very up in arms, but that's that's the wrong word for it. They are really perplexed by the number of people that are still focusing on them coming down here on mass to sort out the word to sort out man's problems. That's not what they do. You know, but it, it's funny because one of the one of the standing. One of the standing conversations there is how mankind keeps looking off the planet to solve the problems they've got on the planet. Oh, I can understand that. I can totally understand that. And, you know, the idea behind it is when when you get these messages or you get your contact happening, do you know what they are contacting you for at that time or do you not find out until they start uh, yapping in your ear? More often than not, I find out when I get there. It's like, we've got a problem, you know, we're, we've come to pick you up. Okay. And, you know, well, what's the issue? Um, we were told to pick you up. Is pretty much the way that conversation tends to go. Because it really boils down to the same thing up there that I do down here. Helping them understand each other. Because I'll tell you the different, you know, 
humans have different different cultures and what have you, right? So you've got different languages and what have you. Um, up there, they do all tend to speak a, a modified a trade language, if you will, right? But they still have racial differences and more specifically species differences. You know, down here we've got this neat little this neat little rule in social etiquette that basically says don't crowd your neighbor. Up there it's more a question of don't eat your neighbor. Keith, out of all the species that you have ever had contact with, you know, met, seen, or whatever it may be, what's the weirdest one you've had an experience with? That's a bit of a toss-up. The hardest one to, I, I think, in one sense, the hardest would be the would be the corlock. The corlock are are literally an amoebic race. They have no solid form. You know, and they're they're a little fun to try and understand. You know, the one of the one of the more uh, the of the offworlders. Um. Which one would it be? Just looking at it. I hate when I pull a blank on a name. I know you do. I know you do. So who the heck is it? Let's see. Shrink that down. Um, not those. Do you it must look, be in volume Well, two. do you look at it like these Corlock things being a... Uh, yeah. Being a you know a non-boned are they are they like a slug or what are what are they like? Um, did you have you ever seen um, Star Trek Deep Space Nine? No, never. I've never watched an episode of Star Trek, and I'm proud of it. Proud of it. Okay. Um, for those of for those of the audience that have the easiest way to describe a, a Corlock is Odo. They literally are a they're essentially a one cell creature. I mean, they actually have more than one cell, but they have no solid form. But they are the one—they are the one race that humans will never get on board their ship. They still sound like a slug to me, man. Yeah, but slugs have form. Picture, if you will, silly putty. You squeeze it in your hand, and it goops out all over the place. Or the other one that would work really well for a description would be the blob. So you're basically a pile of goo, is what you're Ultimately, saying. Ultimately, yeah. Great. We got goo aliens now. Can't we just call them goo rather than uh, corlocks? Well, we could, but then we could call you an oak tree. I'm about the size of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna leave that alone for you. <laughs> well, we are gonna get. But no, some, they... we are gonna get to some audience questions here momentarily. So the next question that I have for you: Which species of ET takes you the most? The Strasians. But then, in their case, it's because it actually runs back a lifetime. Like they started and they and they I'm ended up running into them in my last lifetime. I was actually in the military 
in the um, American military based out of Chicago. What happened there? Um, you remember Roswell? Yeah. So do I. Difference is, I was there in my last life, in my last lifetime. The first the first conference I ever went to, I laid out the 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 um, crash site, and the girl the 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 one woman I was talking to, she goes, "How do you possibly know that? That was never published." I says, "No, but I remember it." She says, "You're too young." My grandfather was on that site, right? I says, "Well, I can't help you there." I says, "That's." I says, "What's wrong with the layout?" And she says, "Absolutely nothing." She goes, "Absolutely perfect," but that was back in 1947. And then, of course, I ran into them again here in 1968. At which point, I was only five years old. But the reality of that crossover was that the woman that that rescued me from the from the my labs and from termination was the was the grown version. What's it was the grown child that I had rescued from in back in forty seven. All right, Mennonite Abe wants to know, Keith, was that race the Roswell aliens then? From everything I remember, yeah, only the Roswell aliens weren't greys. Or more to the point, weren't only greys. Because the, the Roswell aliens, yes, the greys were there, but there were actually five five adults. Sorry, four adults. They had a they had a Srazazian, uh, which is reptilian, on board with them with child. So, you know, but was it the Roswell setup? Yeah. I was told in a conversation the last 48 hours that not a single alien survived the Roswell crash. Okay. Do you buy that? Not in the slightest. I will tell you this. Two of them died on impact. Or whether it was on impact or right after, I don't know. Two of them died on impact. One male was taken and from what I gather died many years later. But there was a female with child that died shortly after after the crash. She survived the crash. And her child was turned over to over to the to the local natives and asked to protect it until they could come and get it. Which apparently worked out rather well. Yes. Now, in all fairness, I forget what the what the specific tribe of the of the uh, of the North American Indians were that that ended up with the Munchkin. But from what I get, but when when she was dropped off, they said they'd protect her and keep her hidden until they she could be retrieved. Was she ever retrieved? Oh, yeah. She's the one that actually rescued me out of the my lab. Oh, cool. Cool. Keith, there's been a lot of talk on where the ETs are coming from. Are they coming from outer space? Are they coming from a different 
dimension? Are they are they time travelers? Are they inner Earth? Okay. Where where are they all coming from? Well, the all is a little bit problematic, but I will eliminate a couple. They're not coming from another dimension, period. Some of them do come from different vibratory rates, but everything that you see in this existence is third dimensional. So, yes, they do come from outer space, and there are some that come from what people call inner earth or hollow earth. There's a lot of different names for it. But, you know, none of them are time travelers. You know, so those two you just write off. But, yes, yeah, some of them come from off-world. Some of them come from, in, from, the, from Earth itself. They just happen to have evolved here. You know, and quite frankly, we see some of them walking around on Earth, and most people just ignore them. They don't even recognize them because they blend in. Some of them blend in quite nicely. But an answer to the question that somebody's bound to ask is the reason I can spot them is because they feel different. That and the fact that I've got a lot of friends that fit into those, into those races. But yeah, when we talk about the off-worlders, they definitively come from off-world. Some as many as, you know, some several light years away or several wormhole jumps. At which point you lose track of how many light years. Oh, oh, very true. Very true, because I just burn through those light years, you know, every 10 minutes or so. (laughs) Gee whiz. All right, Keith, you ready for some audience questions? They are starting to build up for you. And I know this is where the woo begins. All right, Keith, let's start off with Belenium. The most important question you will get tonight. Are you coming to the Las Vegas event, the second annual Spaced Out Radio Party, May 19th through 21st at the Golden Nugget in Las Vegas? The intention is yes. I will know for certain, and I will post on my own channel and on Dave's for that matter, once I talk to to the booking agent which I am planning, I'm putting a call in tomorrow to find out. Because the the reality is I was waiting for the whole COVID mess to go away so I can get across the border. And apparently that's gone the way of the Dota bird. Yes, it has. We are free at last. Free at last. (laughs) Thank God almighty, we are free at last. All right. So the intention is, yeah, I'm planning on being there. Yes. Good, good. That's, like I said, that's the most important question you will get tonight. Uh, we already asked Mennonite Abe, so let's go to Blue Cruise here. Are you encountering any of the fifth dimensional energy beings on UFOs? Um, No. Quite frankly, neither is anybody else. The fifth dimension and beings from the fifth dimension cannot manifest in the third dimension and kill them. There are other races that that are running at a different vibratory rate, and therefore when they manifest, they do appear to come from a different dimension. But what they're doing is they're slowing their vibratory rate down. They're still third-dimensional beings. This is where the... And I'm, I'm really curious whether what the problem is 
is people are seeing the change in vibration as a different dimension. And I'm seeing it as a change in vibration. You know, if you think about it, you take a look at a fan. Like, and I'm talking a normal house fan or a, or a plane propeller. You look at it and you can see it easy. The second it starts spinning or vibrating at a higher rate, you can't see the thing. And that may be the discrepancy right there. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get to another question here because we do have a lot of them. And that would come from oh, Ange in Australia. R. Keith, have you met anyone that is the now that you recognize from the future in any of your interactions? Um, again, we have this problem with, uh, since I don't come back from the future, the answer is no, but I have run into some that I recognize from past encounters in past lives. But there are people I run into that, you know, there are lots of off-world friends that I've got. Off-world and ancient race, for that matter. Well, that's nice. That's nice. Okay, let's... Well, it, you know, I mean, it's funny because I can't, from my standpoint, I can't exactly, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I keep having trouble remembering other people's names in today's world. Never mind from that side of it. Well, let me ask you. Well, let me ask you. Sure, have, fire away. have you ever ran into any future time travelers? You mean people from the future that come back? Yeah. No. It's a funny thing. They can't come back. People can jump forward, but they cannot come back. See, the thing is, once you jump forward, you simply cease to be tracked in this time frame, and then all of a sudden you show up with a hundred years gap. But once you're up there, you can't get back. And from here, you can't go back. You can look back, but you can't interact. Will that ever change? Business today looks nothing like it did yesterday. While it's more unpredictable, its possibilities are endless. At ADP, turning unpredictability into an advantage is what we do. Using data-driven insights, we design HR solutions to help businesses work better, smarter, so they can think beyond today and find even more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people. Businesses need to think beyond today. That's why ADP uses data-driven insights to design HR solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people. Change? Uh, maybe in the next rendition of reality. But in this one, I can't see it. It hasn't changed in the last several renditions. Let's go to Terry. Thank you, Terry, being a first-time a participant in our chat room. Keith, do you have, or pardon me, do any of the angels or demons help the greys abduct people? Not exactly help them abduct, but do certainly. Sometimes the, the angelus will, well, the angelus and the demons are both off-world races. But working with the greys, there are some, some of the angelus will go with them to to help calm the abductees down. Because let's face it, 
seeing somebody with huge eyes and only three feet tall and only three really long fingers can be rather disconcerting for most humans. You know, it's usually the Nordics that are involved with with helping the, the graves calm people down, though. All right, let's continue on here, my friend. We got about 90 seconds. Let's see if how many questions we can sneak in. Philip wants to know, do any alien races interact with people in dreams? If so, who are they? How do they do it? And for what reason? Well, the first part is yes. Who are they? Um, I believe it's the Talons are quite normal with it. Okay, there's a few that can do it. Why they do it is simply for communication, for interaction, without a physical abduction. Okay, it cuts down on the on the trauma of people. You know, graves graves tend to do it on a on a strictly physical level, but I believe it's the the talon actually that do most of the telepathic interaction. Although there is a subgroup that a subgroup of the consortium referred to as the as radio command. That quite on that quite often will communicate on the higher senses, but then they're communication specialists. All right, Keith, I think we're going to hold it right there. We got a ton of questions waiting for you, and there's some good woo in there, Keith. Some very very good woo that we're going to bring to you in the next half hour because everybody knows they want to get their questions answered when it comes to aliens and who else but our resident ET specialist, our Keith Andrews, the conductor of tonight's Woo Train, and apparently potentially coming to our Las Vegas fan party May 19th, 21st at the Golden Nugget Casino. Hey, you know, you're all invited. Every single one of you listening right now is invited to our Vegas party. Yeah. Come join us. Spaced Out Radio continues with our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection right after this. All right, we're clear, buddy. Perfect. That was quick. It was. That first hour and first half hour just went bang. Yeah, I was just I was just looking at, at prices for for both the flight and for both the uh, hotel stay. Yeah, I'm looking at and I have a, this is just what shows up on the on the net. It's going to run about three grand. Uh, shouldn't be that much. Well. Like I said, I'll through a travel agent because they get me a much better deal. Yeah, do that. Yeah. All right. Just for yeah, me. I'll just pack them tomorrow, and then as soon as I know, I'll let you know. Yeah, good. We need some R. Keith Andrews love down there. You can tell us what slot machines to play. 
Well, that's the easy part. Don't say There's actually, a, there Don't is say actually a, a formula that works very nicely. I know. I just don't know what that formula is, but I don't know there's say, a formula. Don't say none? Yeah, you're not allowed to say none. I think you froze there on us, Keith. I think you froze on us. Keith froze. He's Han Solo right now. He froze up on us. Let's see if we can get him out of here and bring him back in. No, he's going to have to boot himself. Bet she's going to have to reboot his computer. Uh, Mr. Gray Owl, you better not be shadow banned. Oh, hold on. There's Keith. You got to reboot your computer? Is your computer done for the night? I will not know until I pay for Okay, well, we'll do this over the phone while we can, okay? Yeah, that's not a problem. All right. Got to find my Velcro. All right. There we go. The perils of rock and roll decadence. This is why I said I have to replace this computer. Yeah. I can tell. Bad R. Keith Andrews computer. Bad. Well, that's a weird setup. Oh. Who knows? All right. Oh, stop. You'll know when I come back on. Yeah. Either way, we'll get this to work for right now. No, I didn't want a picture of that. Good enough. All right, Keith. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Let's, oh, my God. Come on, you sweet son of a turd. All right. Let's go like this. One of these days, I'm going to find my actual phone stand. Yeah. Yeah. One day, one day, little piece of Velcro right there is going to drive me nuts. Oh, well. Hey, the show must go on. We're going to have, have keep the show going here. Uh, Doug Shelby wants to take you out for dinner. Crab legs, apparently. That's okay. I like crab. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, good call, Corey Cole, on recognizing the perils of rock and roll decadence from Use Your Illusion Part 2. Appreciate that. Mm-hmm. YJ Overlander, how you doing? AZ man, good to see you. Sweet son of a turd. That's right. You can steal that. You can use that. Free. Thank you to Human Carl, Thomas, Kira, Nero, and Kat. Hey, Kira, don't forget to check 
Facebook Messenger, and your uh, uh, phone for a text message for me. Hi, Mark Ellens. Here we go, everyone. Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. I want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives. All you got to do is go to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Hey, I want to give a big shout out to Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal and Soho Music out there. We have been battling this company about copyright claims on our YouTube channel because Bumblefoot allows us to use the music, but for some reason... These music companies kept on hammering us. Well, Bumblefoot went and saved the day. He put his cape on, and he became a real SOR superhero and got everything fixed up with our channel. So no more are we going to be affected by any music copyright claims. And you know what? Do Bumblefoot a favor. Go download a bunch of his music on iTunes or Google or whatever, uh, Spotify, Go listen to him, even on YouTube. Subscribe to his channel. His music, like our theme song, Little Brother is Watching, is awesome. It is awesome. So go download it today. All right, our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection continues here on Spaced Out Radio. Keith's computer, during the, the break, crashed. So we are now having to do this through the telephone, which is what we're doing. Keith, welcome back. And thank you so much for having me. Hey, you know, this, this, you know, thanks so much for the people that, that keep coming back. It's just incredible. I'm going to get you to move a little bit closer to your phone, man, so you're not as quiet. We we do need some volume, if that's okay. Oh, I got no problem with that. I got the phone in my hand. Perfect. <laughs> so. Perfect. I appreciate that. All right, Keith. I want to I want to uh, continue on with uh, some audience questions here if you do not mind because we do this show a little bit different than we do all of our other shows so the listeners out in vernal utah at channel x94 are gonna be like what the heck is this this doesn't sound like the other shows no this one's a little bit different keith let's get to a question from the audience and let's go uh go to Rhonda here and Rhonda is asking hello Rhonda. welcome to our chat room by the way what and why are the Greys trying to contact us and communicate with us? That is because the the human genome is the easiest one to manipulate to, to manipulate and repair for the hybridization program, which, in a nutshell, is a and what they're doing is growing cultural. They're they're developing cultural interpreters between races. And the human genome is just the easiest one to work with. And is it a good thing? I, from my standpoint, I don't find it a bad thing. Um, basically, what they do their best 
to leave people's life in in a normal state. This is why they use why they use memory overlay to try and leave memories that at least seem somewhat normal instead of completely disturbing. It doesn't always work, but that's their intention. Okay, let's get to another question from our audience. Let's go to the scowling Greg O'Brien. Yeah, because he's always scowling. Do the Greys eat food? Absolutely. They are actually omnivorous, meaning they eat both meat and vegetables. You know, much like humans do. But they, you know, it's, it's just as wide a variety except for where they come from, farming is a lot more difficult because a lot of the a lot of the plants from where they come from aren't actually carnivorous plants themselves. Okay, that uh, that makes sense. That completely makes sense. Okay, let's uh, go to another question here. This one from Vaughn in Edmonton. Keith, the indigenous were here first, or pardon me, the indigenous were the first at the Roswell crash? Um, essentially, yes. They weren't the first to show up publicly, but they were at the site because essentially the Roswell crash happened on top of them. But like I said, if you're asking me what the tribe was, honestly, I forget what the tribe was. I think it was the Lakota, but I don't honestly recall. All right. But yeah, they were there before the uh, before the before the Caucasians got there. Let's continue on. Dirt Road is asking, "What is the name of the inner Earth beings?" Um, that's kind of a broad question. There that's are many. Kind of like what's, and that's kind of like asking what the name of the beings that live on top of the Earth are. There is a heck of a of a mixture down there. Many of them are what humans would call mythological. Because you'll find what humans would call elves, dwarves, minotaurs, leprechauns, you know, various different races of, of reptilians, not the least of which would be the Chitamari. You know, and then you you know You've also got various other ones. You know, like that's, if you go down there, you actually get the pleasure of, of taking a look at unicorns. And yes, Pegasi are a real thing. Pegasus are real. Pegasus are real. Mm. Yeah, you won't find them up here. Too much air traffic. Linda Bennett wants to know, Keith, do you think they, as in the aliens, can phase in? Oh, the answer to that, depending on the alien, the answer is yes. I know for an absolute physical fact, as in I saw them do it when I was over at the Experiencer Speak speak Conference, I watched them transport in. Very much like the like the science the science fiction version of the tele of the transport, where they literally phase in. When I saw them leave that way, I did some talking to people, and found a couple of witnesses that actually found and saw them arrive in exactly the same fashion. 
So yeah, they most assuredly can. And of course, you've got other ones that will open the, that will open the door. You know, that will simply, uh, when we talk about phasing in, they fold their vibratory rate down so you can actually see them. Makes sense. Keith, let's get to another question here. Let us go to Corey. How do the aliens feel? Like, what do they feel like? I got to ask, are we talking the energetic side or the physical side? Well, let's go both ways. Well, depending on the on the on the species in particular, you'll get anything from the carapace to flesh and blood, or as we discussed earlier with the with the um, with the corlocks, they feel mostly like, if you will, silly putties. You know, or the you know, and then you've got the ones that feel like bark. As far as physical texture goes. Okay, but again, we're we're dealing with, uh, and let's not forget the scaly people. But if you're looking at the emotional side, some of them are like there is a whole gamut of really friendly people, all the way up to really really negative and negative and angry individuals. And then you've got the ones that are just about you just about can't feel anything off them because. They are so down the middle, there is no functional emanation. You know, the the Uzar, you literally can't track them because they, they do things just because that's what they do. You know, there is no feeling about it. It's like, that's what I've been asked to do, so that's what I'm going to do. <coughs> You know, but when it comes to when you're looking at happy, sad, you know, this sort of thing, they've got the whole gamut, depending on the day of the week and who you're talking to. You know, they do. I mean, it's it's kind of an odd setup when you think about it. Many of the reptilian races are not only carnivorous, but they are carrion eaters. And if they're sitting at the dinner table and one of their elders drops dead, sure, they feel the loss. But they, it's like they say their farewells, which is usually a, you know, thanks so much for joining us, and it's a shame you're gone, and they flip them up on the dinner table, and there's your next meal. You know, from a human standpoint, it's probably pretty cold. From their standpoint, it's just plain normal. Well, there's always that human to uh, normal normality to abnormality, my friend. It just seems to go its own way. Let's go to uh, Penny Van here who is asking, Keith, did the Greys have the pregnant reptilian with them for the purpose of seeding or planting her on Earth? No. She was actually in transport. The, The crash was not intentional by any functional means. Okay, it was just a, it was a very unfortunate situation as far as that went. You know, so, I mean, it it really boiled down to getting her, getting the child home. And the mother, well, you don't separate the mother and the child at that age, except for the fact that the mother was fatally wounded. You know, that's, that's where the real shift happened.
All right, let's go on here. Let us go on. Let's go to Bigfoot Rob. Keith, true or false? Is the universe getting warmer, causing some alien civilizations to go into a self-imposed hibernation in the hopes that the universe gets far colder to expand their tech? Um, as far as I understand the science of it, no, but it is reaching its, it is, and when I'm talking about it reaching the end of its cycle, okay, um, I'm referring to something that is still literally trillions of years down the road. All right. It looks like we got your computer back up and running here. So we're going to switch back over to that audio right there, Keith. Can you hear us okay? I hear you. Business today looks nothing like it did yesterday. While it's more unpredictable, its possibilities are endless. At ADP, turning unpredictability into an advantage is what we do. Using data-driven insights, we design HR solutions to help businesses work better, smarter, so they can think beyond today and find even more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people. Businesses need to think beyond today. That's why ADP uses data-driven insights to design HR solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people. Other things have fired up at the same All right, well, we'll give you a moment to... Ah, where is it? We'll give you a moment to uh, get that going. You know, uh, we're trying to provide the best audio possible for Keith here because he's just got his computer going here uh, momentarily again. All right, looks like we're ready to go here. Keith, you, you are you uh, good to go now? Oh, yeah, I'm good to go. I'm not getting the feedback now. There was a movie that popped up that decided it was going to run, so I just paused it. Yeah, that. Yeah, okay, not a problem. Not a problem. Okay, let's uh, let's continue on here with some audience questions. Uh, were you done with the Bigfoot Rob one in the uh, colder universe alien tech? Oh, yeah. The yeah. From from everything I understand, the answer is no. I mean, some races will put themselves into a hibernation state, but on the whole, it is literally just a question of several. And I have no idea how to translate it into human terms. But we're talking way down the road. Eventually, what we know is reality here. And when I'm talking eventually, I'm talking millions of years down the road. This reality will fold over and start again. What humans call the Big Bang. Oh, fun times. Fun, fun times. Actually, it's a rush watching it and watching it rebuild. Mm. All right, let's go to... Lawrence, how can we move the population in the right direction to become part of the galactic community? That's the easy part. Well, understanding is the easy part. People have to get to the idea that regardless of what color, race, or any other differentiation, people are one species and equally valuable from a spiritual standpoint. When people reach the point on the, where the majority of people reach the, reach the point that that is the norm, that is when they, will, when they arrive at a global 
and a global community. And that does not mean a single person running the world. That's a very big distinction. A global community does not have one dictator or one leader. But humans have to spiritually evolve to the point where they look at each other as members of the same species. Not something to shoot just because he looks a different color or whatever. When mankind gets to that point, which I'm betting is probably still 500 years down the road. Okay. When they get to that point, that's when they will be approached to join the Galactic Consortium. Do you think that'll be in a junior level or will we be actually part of the discussion? Oh, once you're brought into it, you're part of the discussion. It would be a very long time before a human sat, sat on, the grand, on the Grand Council. In all likelihood. But, again, that's so far down the road that we really don't need to worry about it too much at this point. What we do have to realize is that the off-worlders are not here to wipe man out. Or to sort out man's problems. Okay, let's move on to another question here. Let's go to Lily Pond. Would any of your otherworldly friends ever come here to meet us? That would end up being up to them. Okay, and in all fairness, I really cannot give you a definitive answer on that. There's a few that could they could blend in quite nicely, well, sort of blend in. But there is still an overall issue of... How do we make contact with these people without actually scaring the daylights out of them? Because I will tell you, you know, people can, even the most open-minded people will look at it and go, I'd love to meet, you know, I'd love to meet a reptilian. It's a great thought until you find one show up that is like seven and a half, eight and a half feet tall, armored and armed to the gills. I mean, that's the one thing about with the with the books I've been writing. I've actually got a picture that literally shows you the size of of these things. You know, but most of the races, um, the reality is humans are a skittish race, no matter how strong or how how open minded or how um, mentally strong they, they seem to think they are. Most people are rather shocked by the side effects. All right, Keith, let's continue on here as we go to Blue Cruise. Do any of the aliens ETs ever allow you to bring back any solid objects as a reminder or souvenir of your experience? Negative. I've never actually brought one back with me whole pile of memories, but I don't have any physical proof. Does that bug you? After all this time, they haven't even given you a t-shirt, a sticker, or anything? I'm just quite happy that I still come back in one piece. You know, the the reality is being reclusive myself, them not wanting to, to... bring absolute concrete proof to, you know, to the table to say, hey, we really are here, makes total sense. 
because the biggest problem with them making absolute concrete, you know, concrete proof and going, here's an artifact that we gave to a, to a, to just a common person, if you will. And realistically, that's all I am. Okay, every time an artifact has been sent down here, the governments have swooped in. Some government or some corporation has swooped in, taken it and tried turning it into a profit-making war machine of one form or another. So they just flat out don't, don't cooperate in that fashion anymore. Speaking of giving, we know people do get implanted. We know you're implanted. What happens? Oh yeah. What happens when we have an implant removed? Well, number one, it stops broadcasting your information. Um, basically, they they decide. You know, it's a decision that is done by the research team only. Whoever put whichever team actually install installed the the tracker will determine whether or not it justifies putting another one back in or just letting the person go. What most people don't realize with with a lot of the with a lot of these um, microcellular trackers or the physical ones that you have removed, they leave a residual a residual relay system in. What does that mean? Essentially, removing the tracker doesn't exactly stop them from tracking you. Okay. You know, because the, the reality of it is, when you play, when they first put the when they first in, install the tracker, okay, the first thing that tracker does is relay the the subquantum and the subquantum cellular code to be able to follow that individual. From there on, the tracker is just essentially, it's a herring. You know, it's a red herring. Which I realize is probably disconcerting for a lot of people. Okay, the only way you can disable those I know of is is microcellular modification on the subquantum level. And I'm pretty certain there aren't too many people that understood that, much less do it. Okay, sounds good. Let's move on to another one. Lots of good questions here. Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio. We got two minutes left, Keith. Would you uh, tell us about your Bigfoot encounter from when you were a child? Roughly four years of age, Dad took us camping. Now, I had a tendency of, like every kid, wandering off. The problem was, I'd get lost. So, I got lost in the woods, no idea where I was. And I had a, I'll call him a little Bigfoot. I was four years old. He was twice my height. Right. So I'm guessing he was a teenager. And he grabbed me by the hand and led me to his, to his parents' campsite where they were just sitting and having a meal, which, by the way, was simply nuts and berries. So the, dad, the mom and dad got me calmed down because by this state, I was already in tears. And by drawing pictures on the by drawing pictures in the dirt, I was able to say, "Look, this is the only thing I knew, which was a square box, which really was what our camper was, because our camper was a cube truck that Dad had converted. 
the father the father picked me up and carried me to the edge of the to the edge of the clearing where the where my camper was sat me down and then just put his hand against my back and the the heel of his hand hit my shoulder and the and the fingers hit the small of my back and he just gently pushed me forward to walk into the clearing at which point I saw mom and dad and needless to say I went running to them and all I told them you know, they asked what had happened. And I says, and, you know, I says, the big hairy man brought me home. You know, I had no idea who they were at the time as far as that went. But I'll tell you, the people that tell you these are violent creatures, not even remotely close. Well, use the term remotely, maybe. And on that note, Keith, I'm going to get you to hold on right there because we are going to go to break here at the... Top of the hour, our Keith Andrews, the ET Connection, continues with your questions right after this. Stay tuned. The Wu Train is only halfway through its destination tonight. We've got a lot more to go. It's going to be a lot of fun. Come on back. All right, we are clear. Hey, there's number 32 in your program. Number one in your hearts from Holmstead, Sweden, starting on defense, Jorgen Johansson. How united do we stand? All right. Our goalie hasn't shown up yet. Lars Janssen hasn't showed up yet. Damn it. Damn it, Lars Janssen. Where are you? The love boat. That they, that they, um, I'm guessing you're watching and I'm watching a game. Me? No. I'm just announcing people who are here. <coughs> Which reminds me. I'm gonna, oh, okay. I'm going to take a break. You want to hang out? Say hi to the peeps. Yeah, I did stay here. Okay. I don't actually have the, have the, the, uh, channel up but that's okay tell them a story about uh the alien at the conference oh okay yeah the alien at the conference at the experience speak conference that dave was just alluding to i went over to portland maine and a lot of people have been you know a lot of people say i've said they they deal with off-worlders all the time. And I, you know, the, the lady I was with at the time, she points to this guy across the room and goes, who's the guy with the blue skin? And I looked at her and I said, what blue skin? Now, understanding, I wear glasses. My eyes don't work well. So she goes, the guy with the white hat. I said, I don't know. I'll go over and check. So I wandered over to this chap and... You know, I looked at him, and I said, and when I got within earshot, I comfortably, I quietly asked him, I says, are you by any chance Pleiadian? And he looks at me, and he goes, yes. So I shifted gears. It's like, welcome to, you know, welcome to Earth. Glad you could show up. You picked a beautiful place to arrive. Right. And so I stuck my hand out to shake his hand. Right, and he did likewise, but it was it was a very slow stretch. You know, he, he just very slowly reached out his hand and took mine. The funny part about it 
was his skin was a bluish gray color. But when, when I shook his hand, you could see the pigmentation move, much like you do with the old oil field stickers, oil filled stickers. So we got talking about and understanding that years ago I'd run into a Martokian, okay, in Dairy Queen and Kelowna here. And I'd mentioned this to most to many people, and they'd looked at me and gone, What the heck is that? When I when I mentioned to, to this ta- to this chap, I said, by the way, just in case you're you're interested, I ran into a Martokian a few years ago. Well, he got really, really excited. You know, got really excited. Very, very, uh, and I'm talking about in a positive fashion. It's like, what was he doing here? Why was he here? So we had a little bit of a conversation back and forth. Okay. And, you know, in all fairness, my problem right now is I forget what the what the Pleiadian's name was. But it was a hybrid. And when he asked... Um, when we asked him, you know, can we possibly get a picture of you? And he went, yeah, absolutely. But he says, you can't. And bear in mind, he was speaking very slowly, like he was forcing the diction. You know, overly exaggerated syllables, over-exaggerated facial expressions to form the right words. And he says, do not show it to anybody. Right. He says, you can show people face to face, but do not and do not um, send it anywhere. And I took a lot of flack over the next year because I wouldn't show it to anybody. I told him I would not show it until until he actually gave me the definitive go ahead. So, you know, I did show it to a couple of people. And the first one I ended up showing it to. I actually sent Dave a copy of it when I got the permission a year later. But I had the conversation with him, and he turns around, and because you had to leave the law, you had to leave the conference hall, go through the lobby of the hotel to get outside. He never got out to the outside. He got halfway across the lobby, and he literally faded out, much like a transporter pulling him out of existence. There were guests that were not at the conference. They kept asking the the clerk at the front desk who the blue guy was and where he came from. You know, so I mean, this was quite, there were, I think if I recall correctly, 22 witnesses that that I discussed things with. And it turned out one of them had actually seen him, seen him show up. But there were there were two Pleiadians, one Nordic, and a human liaison. Awesome. Love that story. Somewhere on my computer, I still have that photo. So do I, but my computer's crashing, so I don't yeah. know right offhand where it is. All right. We want to say thank you to human Carl, Thomas, Kira, Neuro, Cat Chaser, Pam H, My Flock Times 2, and Maddie for the Super Chats. Very much appreciate the love and support. Hey, if you're like Amy WC, who's heading to Vegas for the fan party May 19th through 21st, make sure you go to info at spacedoutradio.com and let us know. Here we go. Hi. 
You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Zabuton. Zabuton is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read the Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. All right, we continue on with our number two of the ET Connection. Our Keith Andrews, experiencer extraordinaire, joins us answering your questions of all things strange and weird. We call him the conductor of the Woo Train around here. Keith, welcome back. And thank you so much for having me. Get that frog out of your throat now. Yeah, I think so. All right, let's continue on with the audience questions. We got 24 of them. Let's see if we can get through them here. Uh, Corey is asking, are the midway creatures here? I'm going to have to ask for clarification of who the midway creatures are, unless we're referring to the ones from, from inner or hollow earth. Well, if they are, are they here? If, if that's who we're referring to, then many of them are, yes. Excellent. Like your, for instance, what people call leprechauns, which are actually the Etuari, over, you know, the little people over in Ireland, are definitively here. You'll find elfin all over the place. You'll even find the occasional tr- true dwarf. Right. You will not, in all likelihood, find many of the, you know, like, you won't, in all likelihood, ever see a minotaur walking around, walking around on Earth, you know, in in public. Primarily because it'd scare the daylights out of people, and somebody'd shoot him. There was, however, a young there was a young cyclops that that uh, that was that was discovered that was found years ago. Cyclops being club feet, three fingers. Horn in the middle of the head and only one eye. All right. Sounds good to me. Atlantis wants to know, is it possible to exist in the fourth dimension? If you're a fourth dimensional creature, yes, but not for a third dimensional entity. So we're pretty much dead there. Um. Yeah, pretty much. Well, isn't that nice? You also can't get to a, into a second, into a second, into a two-dimensional location business today looks nothing like it did yesterday while it's more unpredictable its possibilities are endless at adp turning unpredictability into an advantage is what we do using data-driven insights we design hr solutions to help businesses work better smarter so they can think beyond today and find even more success tomorrow hr time talent 
benefits, payroll, ADP, always designing for people. Businesses need to think beyond today. That's why ADP uses data-driven insights to design HR solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll, ADP, always designing for people. How come? Well, because it's kind of like you all of a sudden having yourself flattened so there is no dimensional depth. There's no depth. Makes not sense. even a micrometer. All right. So if you think you can try and can handle that kind of transfer, way to go. Blue Cruise wants to know, do any of the aliens ETs give you their opinion or viewpoint regarding the content on Spaced Out Radio? <laughs> It's funny you should ask that, but we had that discussion before. We have had that discussion before. (laughs) How do you think Carl arrived? I'm just waiting for him to return. Because he wasn't supposed to do that. Well, well, we're going on five years since Carl has been here. We're going on five years. I don't know if he's ever coming back. I'm sure you will well, one day. Well, it depends on how long it took them to get him home. If they went the, the if they went by standard route, right? I mean, he ended up the whole. I know for an absolute certainty, he got a strip torn off him a mile wide because he was not supposed to do that. See, all off-worlders do not necessarily follow the rules. But no, they they absolutely spaced out radio is quite literally one of the one of the shows that they actually keep an eye on. That's how we rock. That's how we rock. Let's move on here. Uh, Dirt Rome wants to know: Is her cat Steve an alien? Well, this is one where she's not going to necessarily like the answer. I'm not going to tell her. I made a commitment to myself and an agreement with them that I would not reveal anybody's true nature, even if I did know for an absolute certainty. And thus far, this is why I won't do it. Let's go to Anila. But I will warn you that, that, that felines are instinctively, number one, far more intelligent than people actually give them credit for. And number two, we're never domesticated. They tolerate people. You know, I get it. I get a kick out of it because she referred to the cat as her as her cat, Steve. Steve doesn't see himself as her cat. Steve sees her as his servant. Hmm. Yep. Most cats do. Most cats do. <laughs> All right. Let's go to Anila. What aliens live in Mount Shasta? That depends on the day of the week. It's a transfer hub. In other words, people come and go. And what they do is they come down to Mount Shasta. And it's not just for the off-worlders. The ancient races will interact with them. But the reason I say it depends on the day of the week is it depends on which ship has come in and who it belonged to. But that I'm aware of in the consortium there are, I've heard estimates of 2,500 member races. 
And no, I have not dealt with all of them. Just half. Uh, no, over 100 at this point that I've been able to document. Let's go to the Doug Shelby. He is asking, hey, R. Keith, you have any plans to maybe publish for sale your notebooks? That would be, am I planning on, after I die, somebody might get them. But I am in the process of transferring the information into reference manuals. Hence where Races of the Worlds and Races of the Worlds Volume 2 are coming from. But I really don't know what's going to happen with the notebooks. But in all fairness, that's going to be an archaeological dig in itself while people try and decipher them. Because some are written in sigil, some are written in, in mirror image, and some aren't using aren't using a recognized language at all, at least not recognized on Earth. But no, I haven't exactly decided what to do with them at this point. All right, let's continue on. Let's go to another the, the Michael Leger is asking, Keith, what do aliens find the funniest of our human traits? That they believe that they are actually number one alone. And that they believe that the most comical for all of them, really, is that the humans seem to, the more aggressive humans seem to think they're good at war. For them, for the off-worlders, that really is one of the funniest call and one of the funniest situations. And the, the way they put it is this. If humans were good at war, humans wouldn't have a population rise. True. Very true. All right, let's continue on here as we continue on with asking Keith our, uh, questions of from you, let's go to Amy. Do the pales, as in the pale grays, eat food or just fake it? Oh, no, they eat. Most of the races do consume food through a recognizable fashion. You know, recognizable as in humans can understand it. Um, if my computer hadn't crashed, I'd have pulled it up, but it's not in this... It's not in volume one, which I've got in print. There is a race that is, um, and I think it's a spare knocked in. Might be. There is a race that literally, they consume food very much like a clam does. They expel their stomach and then dissolve it. And then dissolve what they're eating. But they expel their stomach from their forearm. Weird. Yes, it sounds gross. Very weird. Very, very weird. Let's go to Rhonda. What's the deal with people who are RH negative with blood type? Are they more likely to have contact? Massive misnomer. The people who are RH negative have no more of a likelihood of being abducted than the ones with O positive or B negative, or any of the others. It depends entirely 
on what the on what the research party collecting them is looking for as to whether or not they're going after RH or what have you. It's kind of like if humans are going after when they're out doing their research on tigers, are you going after a, you know, are you going after a Beng- a Bengal or a Siberian? From their standpoint, that's what it boils down to. You don't grab somebody with RH negative if you're trying to study the the effects of something or the migratory the migratory impact of zero of O negative. So it's a major mis- misconception that humans came up with. The offworlders didn't didn't propagate it. They didn't do anything with it. They just didn't shut it down. As in the misunderstanding. All right, let's continue on here. A Z man is asking, "What do they want with us? Why contact?" Because mankind is it's in an intriguing and very rare situation. For the xenosocioeconomic, for the for the peoples that are studying xeno and the xenoeconomic xenoeconomic. Um, evolution of the race they are watching for how mankind handles this evolution it's not often from that standpoint that off-worlders get to see it so they're studying the whole nine yards to see whether mankind this time will pull its act together and be able to get off the planet as a unified race or whether it's going to bomb itself back to the stone age again the other issue is that Earth itself, like this planet, as a matter of fact, this solar system, but the planet itself is the hub, is very akin to the to the um, Library of Alexandria as far as ancient Earth went to humans. The information carried in the subquantum level of the triple he- of the triple helix is absolutely mind-boggling as far as the amount of evolutionary data of the area is. These are the two primary reasons that they're that they're watching and that they're collecting people. And of course, every one of the races has their own their own agenda for it, but none of them are looking at trying to conquer Earth. And there's a very good reason why they don't want to conquer Earth. Well, they may want to, but they won't. Because see, they've been given an absolute an absolute order by the consortium. Number one. No impersonating gods anymore, so knock it off. Number two, if you try and take over Earth, we will go to your home planet, the seat on your home planet, the seat of your primary government, the seat of your, the planet with your secondary and tertiary, tertiary. Is your 2023 starting without a bang? Has yawning become your dominant characteristic? You are not alone. This year, millions will be diagnosed with low energy or low E. But there's a cure. Now through January 12th, join Planet Fitness for just $1 down, $10 a month, no commitment. With clean, spacious clubs and tons of equipment, you can boost your energy after just one workout. Leave low E behind and find your big fitness energy at Planet Fitness. Join in the free PF app for $1 down, $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Thursday, January 12th. See Home Club for details. Business today looks nothing like it did yesterday. While it's more unpredictable, its possibilities are endless. 
At ADP, turning unpredictability into an advantage is what we do. Using data-driven insights, we design HR solutions to help businesses work better, smarter, so they can think beyond today and find even more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people. Governments and blow all four of them out of existence. And then let them get back up and see if they can get back into the consortium. So the cost of, a, of attacking Earth is really a little extreme. So, I mean, some people say, well, that means, you know, we're in a Petri dish. No more so than ants are, as far as humans go. Or, for that matter, the white, you know, the white willow tree. The pe- and that humans are studying from a scientific standpoint to find out how it grows. All right, let's continue on here, Keith. Let's get to Blue Cruise. Is there a decontamination process that you have to go through before the aliens, ETs interact with you face-to-face? Um, in a manner of speaking, the answer is yes, but it's not like humans consider a decontamination process. You see, as soon as you, if you're getting taken physically up there, as soon as you enter their airlock, you're flooded with the decon. Problem solved. But there is no, it's not like you have to stand there for 20 minutes and wait. It happens on a literal blink of an eye. And that's actually a little long. There you go. But the, the, the people that are doing the, the interaction are trained extremely, you know, they are trained extremely well in dealing with the fragile humans. Are we really that fragile, though? Well, let me put it this way. I watched a, I watched a Strazazian, for instance, step on a gentleman by accident and crush him. Okay. I watched another one where, the, where the, they tried shaking the guy's arm, and they shook it, and then went to hand it back to him. So, yeah, humans come apart pretty easily for, for many of these people. All right. Dirt but, Road. but humans are also easy to repair. Dirt Road wants to know, my boyfriend wants to know how we get into inner earth. Would like to see a Pegasus. Well, well that's the easy part. Sort of. North and South Poles actually have an access point. The problem is... They also have a transporter wormhole between the North and South Pole. So if you go down that hole, right, you'll hit a blink, you'll you'll hit a barrier, as it were, or more to the point, a jump point, that will shoot you right out the top of the planet. You'll never see the inner Earth. Unless you can find an access, an access point to walk down. Okay. And bear in mind, we are talking several hundred miles of walking. And no, the idea of taking a drone down there to find them, not going to work. Because it's real easy when you're playing with true, with what humans would consider true magic. It's real easy to short out electronics. 
All right, let's continue on. Amy wants to know, what's your opinion on who built the moon? Uh, well, in all fairness, the spirits did. Before Earth, while Earth was getting built, they actually put the area, put the moon in place. But before anybody jumps on that, no, the moon is not hollow. No, as far as I've ever seen, nothing lives inside the moon, but there are catacombs underneath the surface of it. But it's got a solid core. But it was, it was put there as a balance point to help stabilize the evolution of Earth. Because every other planet that had been built in the neighborhood by anybody had ended up burning out, had ended up running into hiccups. And yes, by the way, the moon is actually growing. Terry would like to know, Keith, who is the hat man? I have no idea. I've never actually heard the term before. Uh, he's a cryptid. Oh, okay. Mr. Grayal, Keith, what species is your new hot number on the side? Don't lie to us. Oh, number one, and we'll lie. Number two, um, I only have one, as it were. And she's not alien. I know you got a, a beautiful girlfriend. Yeah, you do. Let's I won't argue with you there. Let's continue on. Let's go to. So we got about just under three minutes. The Michael Leger is asking because these aliens are so advanced from us, can they be offended easily? That depends on which ones. I would not recommend. There are some races you just don't don't insult because if you do, they're going to hurt you. Okay, but on the whole, no, they are trained. The ones that you'll actually interact with are spend literally years learning how to deal with humans because humans are quote unquote ignorant temperamental children. And there are more words that can be used, but none of them actually get complimentary. Yeah, I mean, it's real easy. It is easy to upset some of them. Just tell a young dwarven child they're not allowed alcohol and see just how well that goes. They don't have the temperament to take no for an answer. And yes, in answer to that wonderful question, it's not just alcohol they drink, but 90% of their food is actually fermented. Which may explain why they're grumpy. No kidding. Okay, let's go to Jules. How many races of others are living in our realm or adjacent realms they can interact from? That I'm aware of something in excess of a thousand. See, there are 2,500 races that I'm aware of, and that's only a rough estimate because that keeps changing. But not all of them are within striking distance of Earth. Which, in all fairness, is probably a good thing. 
How come? Well, if you take a look at it, um, some of these races come from high-gravity planets. And some of them are not overly, overly concerned with rules, as it were. Because what they will do is they will, if they're hungry, they will eat whatever's available. And that doesn't necessarily mean people. You know, some races will modify an atmosphere to simply have a place to to relax, regardless of the people on it. This is why Earth is patrolled so heavily in the area. Because there are new races coming into the area on a regular basis. Very true. Keith, I'm going to get you to hold on right there. We got our Keith Andrews and the Wu Train three quarters through their part. We got Keith for another 30 minutes here on Spaced Out Radio. When we return, we will continue with your questions on Spaced Out Radio. Stay tuned. We're having a great night tonight. Hope you're enjoying it as well. Keith, we got a bunch of questions here. Do you want to just continue right now? I can do it either way. Well, let's hit up a few here. Uh, YJ wants to know, what are crop circles and what do they mean? Depends on the crop circle, but on the whole, they are they are a sigil language. Designed for giving for giving tra- travelers directions, sometimes to jump points, sometimes just a simple, here's a you know here's a rule for the area, do not break this or on punishment of extermination. And I don't mean punishment of death of the one person. I mean they'll exterminate the race. Yes, their laws are a little bit rough, but ultimately that's what they are. And the answer to the question that is likely sitting out there, the humans that make fake crop circles, it's a cute exercise in artwork, but totally irrelevant because it doesn't hold the subquantum biomagnetic flux emanation that the off-worlders actually read. So they look at it going, that's a cute picture, well done or poorly done, depending on their artistic assessment of it. But it doesn't actually confuse anybody, except humans. But ultimately, that's what the purpose of them is for. Very cool. Businesses need to think beyond today. That's why ADP uses data-driven insights to design HR solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people. Discover the advantages of the Samsung Front Load Laundry Pairs at Lowe's. These large-capacity washers and dryers are designed for versatility. Stack them, place them side-by-side, or use pedestals in exciting new colors such as brushed black with rose gold accents. Plus, Wi-Fi capabilities that allow you to control everything from your smartphone. Find the Samsung Front Load Laundry Series at Lowe's today. Home to any possibility. Cool. 
Very cool. All right, let's continue on. The Doug Shelby is asking, is Atlantis just a legend or really a submerged former land? Um, number one, it's not just a legend, but number two, it didn't submerge, it left. The, the ruins, if you take a look at the ruins of Bimini Island, okay, if you compare those fall lines to the fall lines of a shuttle of a shuttle tower when the shuttle launches, okay, um, you will see a lot of similarities. Now, yes, there were satellite communications, there were satellite um, cities that were set up, or villages, if you will, that when Atlantis itself vacated, were left stranded. Net result, some of the original Atlanteans had to merge with local culture. And net result, we have the Mayans and the, and the Aztec having a real different take on the world. Uh, people wondering where Filth is. He's at his art class tonight. Hi, Jessica. All right, continuing on. I just get down questions and more pop up. Nikki is asked, Keith, have you ever come across anyone else who has had implants in their aura? Honestly, yes. It's not that unheard of. It's my, it's, it's, and what it is is it's rare that people recognize it. But that's when you're using photonic implants, photonic or gravitonic implants. It's just not many people recognize they've got them. Okay, let's move on. Blue Cruise wants to know, have you heard of any abductees who have had their implant removed only to experience a temporary or permanent personality change? I've heard of, yes. Usually that, but that's never been recorded by an off-worlder removing it. Usually what happens is a human does something really screwball when they're pulling it out and damage the actual, the damage the cell structure of the, of the human brain or the human nervous system, depending. All right. We're going to hold off right there, Keith. <clears throat> We got about 15 more questions to go. Okay, Doug. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Human Carl. Thomas Kira Nero, Cat Chaser. Pam times two. My Flock times two. Maddie and Simon for the awesome super chats. Very much appreciate the love and support that you guys give us on a nightly basis. So thank you. And uh, don't forget, info at spacedoutradio.com. That's info at spacedoutradio.com, where you guys can sign up now to get your tickets reserved for our second annual fan party in Las Vegas, May 19th through 21st. Here we go. We pass the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. 
very much appreciate earning your listening ears. want to remind you that if you've missed most of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go, our Keith Andrews. We got him till the top of the night, and then we are going to continue with audience questions right here on the big show. Keith, thank you for joining us. We're going to start with Atlantis here. Are there species that exist in the fourth dimension? Oh, absolutely. There absolutely are. They finally cannot come to the third dimension. Or the fifth, for that matter. There's an entire... There's an entire existence in all 12 dimensions. But they are not compatible with any of the others. That's it, eh? Well... I don't know how you're going to expand on that one. Okay. But they absolutely, you know, the reality is I've, I know of 12 different dimensions, all of which are absolutely 100% isolated until you evolve as an individual to the point where you can get back to the origin, to the original, the originating point of the prime originator and be able to jump from there to a different dimension. Of course, by then you're no longer qualified as human, if you will, because you only evolved so far beyond human capacity. Bigfoot Rob wants to know: Does humanity have a future beyond Earth? Yes, if they choose to unite. All right. They, I mean, humanity's already left Earth. Okay, humanity, contrary to what they're telling you, from from what I've seen. Humanity's already been to the moon, they've been to Mars, they've been to they've been to Venus, they have a they've got a station set up on EO and they an active station and they just recently, within the last 15, 20 years, set one up on um out around around Uranus. So mankind is already off the planet. It's just we haven't gone off on mass, primarily because people. I mean, I heard something the other day. China is trying to apparently claim the moon for itself, which is a novel idea. But then it's kind of like trying to colonize an already occupied planet, which is what people are talking about doing with Mars. It's already fully occupied. It's going to be hard to colonize. Right. All right, let's go to AZ, man. What's the agenda, ultimately? Depends on who we're referring to. The overall overall galactic consortium is here to protect the planet, not mankind. Okay, so they are simply here. Their, Their agenda is to make sure that mankind does not destroy the planet outright. Which is why nuclear in like global nuclear war won't happen. Okay. And you know, and they are also here to make sure that no other race tries to invade the planet. 
Earth is protected, but it is not quarantined. But ultimately, that's their agenda. Because they're simply gathering data from the from the data hub of the of the of the gal of this sector. And no, I cannot give you the dimensions of the sector because frankly I am not an astronomer on this planet. All right, let's move on. Let's go to Super Duke. A recent survey finds three out of four alien races prefer spaced out radio. Okay, thank you, Super Duke. Appreciate that. Terry, Keith, how old are you on a soul level? Okay, in a nutshell, if you picture, you know what the what the Big Bang is, what the Big Bang Theory explains. Now, I've referred I refer to that as a flip because of the way that I come to how by the way I've come to understand it. Now, take a look at that. Now, take a billion of those, and I'm older than that. Yes, that makes me a little bit old. Try and wrap your name. No, I can't give you a number of years because I never have translated. Right. You know, I never have translated how long the universe has actually existed in Terran years. All right. The guru wants to know, because we get a little bit of guru time tonight. Do aliens still probe people? Absolutely. They just use different techniques. They don't have the same, what I want to call barbaric methods anymore. Like humans, they have evolved. But they are still taking, you know, fluid samples, cell samples, they're still taking all kinds of samples that humans haven't even got a prayer of sorting out. Like, for instance, the subquantum biomagnetic flux modifications that take place due to emotional stress or emotional pleasure. Depends. Okay, let's move on. Mr. Grail, is there any antiques market in outer space? Absolutely. There's also a black market out there. <laughs> Humans and off-worlders are very similar in that respect. The Michael Leger wants to know, are there used spaceship lots in salespeople or aliens? Well... Bearing in mind, people and aliens in that environment are the same thing. The answer is yes. And yes, you also have carjackers and that sort of thing that go hand in hand with them. So there are Han Solos and Boba Fetts out there. Quite, quite honestly, there really are. When you know, when um, when George Lucas started started painting painting these these different races. He had insight. He had to have had contact because a lot of those races are real. I just haven't documented all of them. And in all likelihood, I won't document all of them before I go. Unless I manage to live a little longer than I'm expecting to. But not that I'm planning. 
Okay, let's move on here. Search and destroy. Which aliens have bases under the ocean, and can we discover them? Well, the answer would be the, it would be the sea elephant are actually living at the bottom of the Marianas Trench. Yeah, and there are other races down there with them. But can you discover them? With today's technology, you haven't got a prayer. You can't even get a probe down underneath the silt field and the silt line. Not with today's technology. And the off-worlders won't give it to, to humans to get under there. Now, can the Alphid and do the sea Alphid actually collect up humans and take them down? Certainly. If you watch the show The Abyss, the, the, that blue liquid that the guy coughed up, that is their building. They built it. Humans didn't build that. They built it. Although whoever been, whoever did the movie, um, quite frankly, had input as far as what it was capable of. But can we get to them? Not yet. Lord knows people have tried. All right, let's move on here. Let's go to Love v. Love. Are other planetary species monogamous? Some. Some may mate for life. Laborians, for instance, when we talk about mating for life, they only live 35 of their own years. But you've got to remember, Every one of their days is a thousand years. So when they mate for life, which is usually by the time they hit about five years old, five, six years old, their time, they are together for several million years in Terran terms. And you really don't want to try and take one of them out. And I don't mean date them. They, and because the Laborians are a feline race. And they are very combat proficient. But they are they are one of the few that is absolutely monogamous. All right, let's continue on here, my friend. JCL Ohio. Keith, who are the luminous blue eight foot tall beings so bright it's hard to discern facial features? That would be a, that would be an overly excited Aldebaran. See, the Aldebaranian, the more excited they get, the, the happier they are. And bear in mind, excitement may be a scientific discovery for them. Okay, the more intense their emotion, the brighter they shine. Makes it really difficult to spot it. The other one that is actually in all likelihood come to think of it um, and I'm trying, I can tell you what they are, but I can't remember their name offhand. And I certainly can't go looking for it. But there is a photonic race that are completely, they are literally living life. And I'm sort of thinking that that may well be who we're referring to. And don't forget, many species, because they their their sexual sexuality isn't about uh, reproduction or fun, they do a lot of studies on human sexuality trying to figure it out. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Let's and get some of them in not so polite of fashion. Let's continue on here. James is asking, Keith, did the Anunnaki use Bigfoot to mine in early times? No. 
The Anunnaki, um, if they really wanted to mine, would have done it themselves with a lot less effort. Did they know of the of the of the Bigfoot? Certainly, but they left them alone. I mean, we got to remember, Bigfoot is only seven to eight feet tall. The adults, okay. The Anunnaki range twenty five to thirty. There's not much point in getting ant to dig your garden. All right, let's do it. Let's go to Love v. Love for a pair of questions. Is love a human thing solely? No. It's a soul thing. And this is why you can have, have different species fall in love with each other. Because it's got nothing to do with the corporeal body. It's just humans have this brilliant idea that that, that is theirs. Love has existed way, way, way before mankind even became a rough, a rough thought. Second question. What do the grains, the taller ones, think of Earth girls? Well, don't take this the wrong way. So I hope, and I hope whoever Love Be Love doesn't take this as an insult. They consider them extremely immature, and I'm talking about the brightest of the Earth, Earth girls. Extremely immature, short-sighted, and slow-witted. As far as appearance goes, they got way too much hair. And their eyes aren't big enough, and there's a whole lot of other things that are counterproductive. They don't see them, any. in all fairness, it's not a question of looking down on them. It's just that they they are literally they just look at the, at the at the human race as another race that just can't keep up with them. I mean, in all fairness, the the taller greys are just about as arrogant as the as the greys. Yeah, I know that wasn't a very polite way to put it, but. Let's go to Pam. Is it true that scientists have found that gravity is a wave of pressure? It is. They're just reading it backwards. They're reading. They're reading gravity as a pulling as a pulling force. Gravity isn't a pulling force. It's a pushing one. And once they come to the conclusion that that's the reality behind it, they'll be able to get anti-gravity fields working properly. And with a lot less energy um, I'm drawing a total blank on the word. A lot less use of of energy in order to make expenditure, there we go, than what they currently require. Let's but they, humans are correct in the fact that the particle that is gravity is the graviton. Or more to the point, it's a small part of the of the graviton. James wants to know, Keith, have you ever heard of archon beings and what they might be? <laughs> and what they may be? Yeah. Um, archons are, when they are born, they are, they are microscopic. They then will move from one host to another as they outgrow the host. 
and eventually will leave Earth because at their full size, once they are full adults, they are larger than planets. Their food source becomes Kaboran. Okay. And the answer to that question, the Kaboran is the actual race that is what some planets are. Not every planet is alive. All right. Let's go to the Mac Geek. Are there any extraterrestrials who work among humans that get normal jobs that go undetected? Absolutely. You will find there are a number of different races that can pull that off. But, you know, I'm, I like the way you put it as normal jobs because none of them will permit themselves to be promoted into a position of power, whether we're talking CO or political entourage or anything along that line. They have, they're allowed to work amongst humans. They're allowed to live amongst humans. They are not allowed to take a dominant control of where, of what's going on. Yes, they can run businesses. Okay. But what they can't do is move for, for global, for a global dominance. Let's continue. Let's go to Road Flare. Have aliens contacted us through ham radio? Yes. Some of the truckers out there have a heyday with it because they're trying to figure out who's on the channel. Because it's not like the ham radio. I mean, the ham radio is easy to connect with. It just requires a slightly different wavelength. Discover the advantages of the Samsung front load laundry pairs at Lowe's. These large-capacity washers and dryers are designed for versatility. Stack them, place them side-by-side, or use pedestals in exciting new colors such as brushed black with rose gold accents. Plus, Wi-Fi capabilities that allow you to control everything from your smartphone. Find the Samsung Front Load Laundry Series at Lowe's today. Home to any possibility. And now, another no-brainer money-saving tip from Progressive. Looks like your luggage is over 50 pounds. Is there anything you can take out? Oh, yeah. Let me just toss all these $20 bills. Great. Let me grab you a trash can. Stop. Instead of throwing money away, move some clothes into a carry-on. And here's a better tip from Progressive on how not to waste money. Don't pay too much for car insurance. Drivers who switch and save could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary. And besides that, it's something that they that they are that humans... Don't track as well as they'd like you to think. All right, let's continue on. Little Timmy Senor wants to know, does ET extract DMT from human brains and why? I'm going to ask him what's going to sound like a really obtuse question. But what's DMT? DMT... It's a powerful hallucinogenic drug found in several plants that can be smoked, snorted, or mixed with ayahuasca. Ah. I don't know. The answer would be for the exact reason that it just stated. Not necessarily for their own use. But it's always funny if you're studying humans, get them wired, and then see how they come down. So, yes. With that kind of with that kind of understanding, um, what you're looking at is you know the show Paul. Yeah. 
Yeah. Not entirely inaccurate. Although Paul, as far as the entity goes, is a style, from my understanding, is a stylized gray. Let's continue on. Philip Blair wants to know about how many other solar systems have humans or humanoid life? I have no way of giving you even a rough guesstimation. But I will tell you, the soul system is not the only one. You know, if you think about it, we are dealing with literally, in all likelihood, millions. Man is not as alone as mankind has has led itself to believe. Okay, let's continue. Amy wants to know, the mound-building creatures in the USA, or cultures in the USA, what's your thoughts on this? Usually it's because they ran into off-worlders or the remnants of an ancient culture and saw them as something a whole lot more advanced. And that result built the culture around it. The other thing that goes hand-in-hand with that, by the way, is the hieroglyphs, uh, the, the Egyptian hieroglyphs and the ones down in Mexico, are, they're not just hieroglyphic language. There is, a, there is an, electrophy, an electromagnetic field. Well, more to the point, it's a subquantum electromagnetic field that is also readable, very much like a computer chip. And yes, by extrapolation, that energy can be, eventually by humans, will be able to be tapped into. All right, let's continue on. D. Swagger, who are the tall purple people? Them, I honestly don't know, but I'm going to have to find out a name, obviously. I know who you're talking about, and I'm thinking they're probably an offshoot of the Aldebarans. They may just simply be another race of the Aldebaran people. Philip wants to know, are there any alien races out there who appreciate knock-knock jokes? Do any laugh like us? In all fairness, the the ones that know it, that do it the best, are, are both your gnomish and your um, and your dwarvish peoples. Of course, they're a little odd. So are you. And do they laugh like you? Well, pretty much every race laughs like humans, but. Final question for you from Devin the Cold One. Do these species have any types of allergies? Some do, yes. And some of the allergies they have, I literally saw one that was allergic, and I don't know what they were allergic to. What I do know is they isolated him as soon as he got the as soon as he had the allergic reaction because he detonated. As in humans get an allergic reaction, they sneeze. This guy, as soon as he started having the allergic reaction, they rushed him into an isolation chamber. And then went in and cleaned up the walls later. Somebody's gotta do it. Keith, tell everybody where they can find your books and your YouTube channel. That's the easy part rkeithandrews.com 
you'll find the the books themselves. As far as ordering ordering them, you contact me at innervoiceenterprises at yahoo.ca. Or I because I take either direct I either take interact deposit or I work with PayPal. That's the easiest way to find them. Absolutely. Our Keith, thank you, buddy, for uh, doing us a great favor and rejoining us in 2023 for the ET Connection. It's been a lot of fun. It has been, and thanks so much for having me. Of course, my man. We'll see you next month. Make sure you book your Vegas trip. Coming up next. As soon as I can talk to them, I'll get it sorted around. Perfect. Coming up next, we're going to head to the swamp. Then little Timmy Senor is here. We'll be back with more Spaced Out Radio. There we go. We are done. Good job, Keith. Perfect. Thank you so much. And yeah, as soon as I've got it booked, I will just simply contact you and go, we're good to go. Yeah, just send me a text. All right. Okie doke. All right, buddy. We'll talk soon, okay? Absolutely. You take care. All right, man. See you, buddy. Much love. Ciao. Bye. Love me some Mark Keith Andrews. Love him. Love him. All right. None of you go anywhere. I will be right back. Because we got an hour to go. <clears throat> and then it's time for our resident Timbit to join us. So I'll be right back, guys. Hi, Apple Sauls.
Let us continue here. It's always a fun time with our Keith, isn't it? Always a fun time. All right, if you are going to Vegas for our event, our second annual fan party, or you want to join us at the Golden Nugget Casino, send your information to info at spacedoutradio.com. Info at spacedoutradio.com. We need to get a list because we need to know how many people are coming. You got like five months, four and a half, somewhere around there, whatever the total is. By the way, it'll also be Dave's 50th birthday that week. So we got two things to celebrate. Hi, Coral. How are you? And I would love to see you all there. We got two packages. One regular package for 60 VIP, which comes with a swag bag and a special VIP party for 100 And we got some great guests lined up for you. Better than any conference you will attend, and we are much cheaper. Much cheaper. So you have to go at info at spacedoutradio.com. Info at spacedoutradio.com. Let us know how many tickets you need, and we will get you there. Thank you to our super chatters, Human Carl, Thomas, Kira, Nero, Cat Chaser, Pam H times two, My Flock times two, Maddie, and Simon. We're going to get going with the Swamp Dweller. Who's ready to go to the Swamp with me? Let's do this thing in three seconds. you like to connect with us head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info now back to dave scott and sor third and final hour of spaced out radio is now underway good to have you with us my name is dave scott very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call earth hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around north america Digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. What do you got for us, Clam? Zabaton. Zabaton is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again where we head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller takes us on another spooky journey. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. 
My name is Mickey. I have no other explanation for this story, so I thought I'd share it here. I just turned 16 years old and decided on my birthday to stay and visit my sister, who lives in Cleveland, which is about an hour's drive away from my hometown. I had been there for a few days already, and since my birthday is on the 23rd of June, the 4th of July is right around the corner. I had been upstairs in the attic for a few days sleeping, playing GTA, and doing some other things to keep me occupied because I had nothing else to do since I couldn't drive yet and my sister was at work most of the time. One night, my sister Morgan and her boyfriend Nate were sitting downstairs in the living room watching TV when Nate asked if we wanted to go to this secluded park and light some fireworks off. I immediately said sure because I had nothing better to do and I knew some of the parks were secluded from the big city from Cleveland. So, after about an hour of persuading Morgan to go, we all jump into his car. It's about 75 degrees out and it's about 1.30am. It's a relatively nice night. We were driving for about 15 minutes when we finally reached this park. We are going down this giant hill when it suddenly gets exceptionally dark. There's no light pollution and no other artificial light. Just what you can see from the headlights. We're driving for 10 minutes when I see a deer on the side of the road, which is typical for a wooded park, right? I look out my window and for a brief second, I see what looks like a giant deer face with glowing yellow eyes jerk behind this tiny tree and disappear entirely. I don't usually get freaked out by deer, but something about how fast it moved and how it just disappeared made me feel unsettled. It just looked wrong and I'm pretty sure deer's eyes shouldn't be glowing that way. We finally arrive at a parking lot facing a giant field and the other side being woods. I still had a very unsettling feeling that I could not shake off. When we got out of the car, I noticed it had gotten cold outside, which doesn't make sense because it was just warmer out a minute ago. I felt a noticeable chill. I was leaning on the car and my sister's boyfriend went to set up his firework. I still felt we needed to leave, but I couldn't shake off this feeling, so I told my sister that we should hurry up and go because I felt weird. My sister, stubborn, just said to me that I have too much superstition and need to chill out. I watched the fireworks go off and we all looked at the stars for a little bit. After getting in the car, we sat for a bit when I heard branches breaking and heavy footsteps. The feeling I had before worsened, so I told my sister and boyfriend we really had to get home. I noticed off in the tree line that there looked to be a deer, but there was something off about this deer. From what I could tell from the silhouette, it was standing on its hind legs, just staring at us, seemingly trying to hide behind a tree while doing so. We eventually started driving off. Once we all got home, I still felt off about what I saw. I couldn't shake that feeling either. There was no way a deer had a big face like that, and there was no way it could stand on its hind legs just staring at people for such a long time. The feeling I got was not expected. Afterward, I went upstairs to my attic room where my sister and I watched TV. I like to leave my windows open because the breeze from the lake feels good at night. I also like listening to the traffic and crickets, and occasionally, you can hear the birds early in the morning. It was about 3.30 to 4 when my sister and I were sitting there, and I told her what I saw. She shook it off and told me I had probably just seen a deer. Then I noticed outside that I didn't hear anything. It was just quiet. That isn't normal at all for Cleveland, and not the peaceful quiet, the eerie type of quiet. Then I heard a very loud whistling coming from different parts of the neighborhood. I thought there was no way a human would be whistling that loud. It just emanated from so far but never lost its volume, let alone it was coming from all different directions at the same time. I closed the curtains and asked my sister if she heard it and she replied with, What are you talking about? I don't hear anything. 
Then the unsettling feeling set in again, and my stomach sank. I didn't sleep a wink that night. I still don't know what I saw that day, nor what was whistling, but I'm hoping that I never have to see it again or hear it again. And that's why we love the Swamp Dweller around here, as we play him every Monday through Friday night here on Spaced Out Radio to kick off hour number three. If you want more Swampy for yourself, head over to his YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads. Literally has thousands of stories just like that free for you to listen to. From the swamp to the stars, we now head to the UFO report. Little Timmy Senor is here. We call him the Timbit. Let's rock and roll. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. Little Timmy Senor, it's always good to have you here, my friend. How pumped up are you for our Vegas trip, man? I literally think about this every day. I am so pumped. I'm, like, ready to go, like, right now. Right now. Yeah, Yeah, I can tell you are. You talk about it a lot, and offline as well, so the audience knows we talk about it all the time. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. I mean, you and I had a great time, and it was just us. So having a bunch of friends will be Amazing. I can't wait. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So how's things? You know what? For you. It's okay. It's quite okay. According to my health app, I'm supposed to be going to bed right now, but I'm still like two two hours away. Are you growing the beard back? I am growing the beard back. It's enough of this disgusting uh, look at my face every day in the mirror. I think it looks great. Horrible. I think you look, you look great. No. Do whatever you like. Do what no. you like. By the way, it was a mistake, but... just for our, our listeners who are wondering what the password is for, the answer is exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so cryptic. It is. Of course. It is. You're hilarious. It Go is. to the website and find out. Go to the website. I bet you there's some answers on your website. I'm I'm betting. Mm. No, literally. Um, until we get the Space Travelers Club going. Mm-hmm. Literally. <laughs> what's the password for? Exactly. It's a good riddle. It's a good riddle. Love that. <laughs> yeah. Love that. It, the UFO is, mystery is a riddle in itself. So why not have a club that imitates UFOs? Right. A mystery within... Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. I never thought I'd care about gardening until I bought a house in the suburbs. But now I find myself in conversations about liquid fertilizer, and I wonder, am I the fertilizer guy now? (laughs) No, no way. Everyone knows the ratio between phosphorus and nitrogen, right? Yeah, I'm still totally cool. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. 
the Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. An enigma wrapped up in a riddle. Let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, speaking of enigmas, let's head over to Putinville, all right? Because, uh, you know, number two is yeah. getting shellacked by number 22 in the world, you know, which, which I absolutely love and adore. Thank you. I'm Ukrainian. What am I supposed to say? And anyways, but apparently Russian anti-aircraft missiles have allegedly downed a UFO. I'm going to tell you right now, I am not buying this whatsoever. I really am not. But what do you think? What's the story, bud? I think that highlighting alleged in this news title is absolutely correct. But um, I was actually hoping more to get past whether this was a legitimate UFO sighting or not. And get into the the how and whys of this specifically being called a quote-unquote UFO. And why was this used to potentially uh, explain away some of what Russia may be seeing over their skies? Do you, before you even dig into the article itself, let's consider this potentially propaganda of some sort and so why would they use quote-unquote ufo in the title well you know what russia has been known to always be propagandists with their media okay going back to their days of communism and that bolshevik revolution gosh darn it all right but look they've got their hands full over in the ukraine they do. They bit off more than they could chew because we are some tough, tough farm boys and girls back there. All right. And I'm not going to get political with this or anything like that. But I look at it this way. To me, it seems like a distraction. It seems like a distraction because they are, I mean, the reality is they are losing a lot of support in their own country. Okay, they expected this to be over in days. It's now months that this war has been going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Putin has never been less popular than he is now. Why not throw something different in there? I mean, l- let's face it. You're Like I said, you're the number two military in the world, and you are looking like a bunch of amateurs compared to a bunch of people who are just picking up machine guns for the first time. This is like, you know, Russia versus Afghanistan all over again. And, you know, it, it and they in my opinion, they need to save they need to save some face. They need to figure out something to change the direction. And why not go with UFOs? Look, it's all that you but let's be clear here, Tim. We also have to verify the fact that Russia has a long history with UFOs, too. They have had crash retrievals, allegedly. They've had, allegedly, their own Roswell in Siberia. They've had, num- there are a number of great investigators. Cosmonauts have filmed UFOs. Remember a couple of years ago, there was the Russian cosmonaut who filmed the boomerang that looked like it was like a shape of a check mark. 
up from the International Space Station and he put it out on Instagram? I mean, they are seeing UFOs just as much as we are. And I think that when it comes to shooting something down, though, to me, (laughs) smells like propaganda. Right. And I think um, even more what I was very interested in was the potential that this meant that um, Russia is absolutely reading the headlines and know that there was a story released internationally. Now we know about Ukrainian having some phantom UFOs and UAPs, quote unquote, over their country. And Avi Loeb even went so far as <laughs> to talk about it. And um, well, you know what? Can I? Uh, first off, I please. For, I forgot to tell you, as of last night's Dave One Hundred One, hmm. we have banned UAP from this show. Cool, cool. So I can't. I won't. Oh, you can. You can say it. I'm, 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 I'm just. I'm, I'm just teasing I love you it. right now. I love it. No, you're so right. We we, 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 we have that. actually banned. Back UFO is great. You know what we've at, on this show? Like a guest can say it. Okay, a guest can say it because it's brought into the vocabulary now. But for us here at the show, we are no longer talking UAP. Okay, we're bringing cool. it back. And All right. no more disclosure. Erase it. No, oh, I like that. Yeah. No more disclosure. We're in a confirmation movement. <laughs> cool. We're, so, But you bring up a good point, though, because I didn't even think about that, my friend, about the idea that, you know, just a month ago, the Ukrainian uh, defense forces was releasing the videos that they have captured of anomalous objects, UFOs over the battlefield. But you know what? The, why are we surprised over this? Numerous American soldiers have witnessed and talked about seeing UFOs in World War One, World War Two, Korea, Vietnam, all of the Gulf Wars. Okay, a good buddy of mine, Eric Cooper from Forest Moon Paranormal, when he was stationed during the first Gulf War in Afghanistan or in Kuwait at that time, getting ready to roll into Afghanistan, they watched a black triangle hover over top of them before taking off towards the battlefield. Now, could that have been American? Could it have been something else? Don't know. All he remembers is his commanding officer saying, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Okay. So this is nothing new, Tim. We should, we could believe that there is UFOs, but in typical, you know, North Korean type fashion where, uh, the leader shoots 18 on an 18 hole golf course. The first time he plays and invented the hamburger. We can't believe everything that's coming out of there. We really can't. Uh, now, right. I believe they saw a UFO. Don't get me wrong. I believe they saw a UFO, but shooting it down, not buying it. Not buying it. And let's also consider that a lot of civilian devices are now coming into play during wartime that normally wouldn't because uh, there's no one to really execute any kind of legislation or, you know, no one's going to come after you if you're flying a drone in your backyard during wartime, right? There's no one going to come after you. So let's also consider there are a lot of homemade 
potentially and a lot of civilian devices that are in there that normally True. wouldn't be up there um, and secret things that potentially are being tested on our, on our uh, military war fields. So it's no surprise to see throughout history a lot of uh, interesting UFOs um, and we're going to continue to see them. But I think that it is interesting to see that now UFO in particular is being used as propaganda potentially to uh, comfort the people of that country that it's not our enemy, it's aliens. <laughs> well, but here, here's the other thing too, though, my friend. When, when this sighting happened, if you're going to announce that you have shot down a UFO, if the Kremlin is going to make this announcement, where's the video? Where's the craft? Yeah. Where's the craft? Where's the beings? Okay. I know that if I'm doing this and I'm going to make a major announcement that my military has just shot down a UFO, here's the video, people. Here's the crash retrieval. Here's the beings. Kind of yeah. makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, it wouldn't float in the U.S. Let's just lay that down. Um, there's no way. Um, there would be a massive outcry for information, more information. So um, massively skeptical. Um, the article is interesting, um, but, you know, it's coming from RadarOnline.com. And people can go check it out. But, um, you know, it is one of those things that I found that the uh, the story itself was more interesting than the information within the story, if that makes any sense. You know, just the fact that there was this release. I know. Uh, spoke volumes. It is. It is entertaining. We, we, <laughs> we can't shake that, man. It is entertaining. Yeah. Okay. I mean, why do you personally think they used specifically ufo not you and the uh buzzword that they're UAP? they're using now you, you that can, they you, use in you're the a ukrainian guest. situation you're a guest you're um, allowed to use uap i cannot so quote, as a host. uap in the ukrainian situation um deflection you know i still think it's deflection mm -hmm. dude they are getting their butts handed to them uh, you know the one thing that i give a lot of credit for is if you go on Twitter or you go on any social media, all right, and you get the videos from the front lines of what's going on, these poor Russian soldiers, I actually feel bad for them, okay? I feel bad for them. And they are in an unpopular war that the population does not want to be in, okay? They're arresting civilians over there in order to, you know, keep the cause up and going. Okay. They're demoralized. Yeah. Their, their, their aircraft are getting shot out of the sky quicker than a 4th of, of July fireworks show. By what? And so a bunch of guerrilla warfare. Think, so do you think that Russia's history with the UFO is why they went directly to UFO for their headline? Because they've always kind of had a soft disclosure, quote unquote, no. to buzzwords you hate. I think they needed to change the angle on the stories. 
right? Get the mind off of their military, their equipment, getting absolutely lanced like a like a zit. But okay. couldn't even drone have been easier than UFO in this situation? Sure. Like, wouldn't that have been an acceptable and less threatening thing than, you know, potential rockets and things? Sure. Um, why, so why do you think they selected UFO? I, I keep circling back well, to that. Well, Is it because historically prop- they've had that in their headlines? No, I would say it's propaganda. Get the people's minds off of what is happening in the West. So something big. It had to be, had pretty to be big. big. Bigger than John. Okay. Had to be big. Mm-hmm. You know? Had to be big. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not saying that it didn't happen. I'm saying I have a hard time. When you make an announcement like that as a government, you better show us proof. Now, I know I'm the what is proof kind of guy, but when a, when a world power, there's three world powers on this planet, all right? And when one of those three comes out and says, we've shot down a UFO, you best be prepared to show us the juice. And we got no juice, Tim. We got an empty cup. Yeah, and there's not going to be any. <laughs> I 100% agree with you there. You know, I, I want it to be real, okay? But on the flip side, ladies and gentlemen, should we really be shooting down these things? I don't think so. I, I don't think that's a good idea. Because remember, people, if they have the technology to get here from wherever in the solar system, they probably have bigger toys than we do. And they're not worried about finding stealth fighters. And they're not worried about hypersonic missiles. And they're not worried about their own defense. When we return with little Timmy Senor on the UFO report, Oregon witnesses talk about UFOs that left behind some evidence and medical healings by aliens. Oh, Tim's deep, 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 deep into the bag of woo tonight on the UFO report. That is fun. That is fun. And just for the record, people, just for the record, I am Ukrainian by heritage. My great-grandfather had to flee the country at 15 or he would have been killed like his brother by the Bolshevik revolution because they were killing all the young men who who uh, were strong enough to fight in the Ukraine. So I don't have a lot of sympathy. And probably if I was single and about 30 years younger, I'd be stupid enough to go over there to help out my relatives. But at, fifth, at pushing 50 and uh, really bad ACLs in my knees, yeah, no. No. It's just the way it is. Hey, by the way, little Timmy Senor, I got to ask you. I got to ask you. 
are you and Terry bringing down the motorhome for Vegas for the night watch? Um, we were running some some ideas around the clock with each other. I mean, it's possible. We can talk about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that thing is a, yeah. That thing's a beast. It'd be cool. It, it, it'd be really great to bring it. You wouldn't um, be four by fouring in the Uinta Basin, though. Yeah. Yeah, no, I learned my lesson. Um, yeah, no, I, we have thought about bringing the rig. Um, I think initially we thought we would. So yeah, very, very, yeah. very possibly. Yeah, um, we'll, so we'll at least be bringing, um, our mobile stuff. We, okay. We've got a kit that we, we have that's mobile. And so we'll definitely have the mobile yeah. rig. if not the, the full. Yeah. Melinda Leslie and I believe Misha Johnson are going to join you guys too. Yeah. And Great. So after the live show in Vegas, all right, after the live show in Vegas, you all can, by donation, even a handshake, head out to the desert with Tim, Terry, Melinda, and and uh, Misha and go sky watching, looking for UFOs over the Nevada desert. Is there any other place to really do that? I mean, that's besides Sedona, Arizona, just outside of Vegas would be perfect. Yeah. By the way, yeah, I well, had a, our, our friend called me the other day. I was just going to say, remember where he pointed to. That's where we yes. should go. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our <laughs> friend called me the other day, and he stated that. Um, he is very much looking forward to the fan party, even That's though he won't news. be in a, he, he won't be in attendance. Won't he, he won't be in attendance. Okay. But he'll be around. That's what I was told. That's exciting. Okay. And he's like starting to have a little bit of fun with this. He thought you were mad at him. He thought you were mad at him, so you better reach out and say hello. I'm like, Tim, mad at somebody? I said, that's a first. Yeah, no, I've been so busy. I haven't been social. I'm not a social media person also, so that's a big thing. A lot of people get chapped yes. because they don't hear from me for whatever, but it's literally because my head is down. If you don't see me, that means I'm doing something, mm-hmm. either with my family or working, so... Um, I don't come up for air. I'm rarely on social media, maybe for five minutes a day. And it's, I only respond to honestly, um, well, I respond eventually to everybody, but new people I respond to first. Yes. I don't know why that is, but I just do. I got to respond to Nikki right now. Oh, she goes, Oh, Dave in the chat room. Oh, Nikki. (laughs) What's up? Uh, by the way, while we're waiting here, big thank you to Molly, Simon, uh, Pam times two, my flock times two, Maddie, Carl, Thomas, Kira, Neuro, and Cat Chaser for the super chats. Very much appreciate the love and support. And sometimes I hate having oily skin. As gross as that sounds. No, you need that. That keeps you nice and healthy. Buddy. I know, but when it gets in your eyes. 
and you get that stinging, burning feeling. Oh, Forget about it. It's why I wear a wristband. Forget about it. Forget about it. Yeah. All right, buddy. We got, we got like five seconds here. Here we go. Third, we're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. I want to remind you that if you miss most of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go again. Little Timmy Senor, our resident Timbit, back for the UFO report, and we're heading to his home state of Oregon, where apparently there's some debris left by some UFOs. What's going on here? Yeah, super exciting to hear that an Oregon witness just up here close to me in Lapine reported unusual activity at his home after discovering a 30-foot-wide circle-shaped indentation in the snow at about 4.30 a.m. on December 31st. So according to his testimony uh, that he left at the Mutual UFO Network, the witness woke up for work at about 4 a.m., and saw his usually sleepy dog was fussing at his back door. And he assumed the dog needed to... It's Macy's one-day sale now, with great deals of the day to kick off the new year. Like $59.99 cashmere, 40% off designer booties and handbags she'll love, and spruce up your bedroom with comforter sets, 55 to 65% off. Plus get contact-free curbside pickup or pickup in-store. Now at Macy's one-day sale. Details at Macy's.com slash pickup. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. And now another no-brainer money-saving tip from Progressive. Marcus, what happened? I was changing my oil and I spilled some on the floor. Oh, we'll use these $50 bills to wipe it up. Perfect. Got any more? Yeah, yeah, take a couple hundred. Stop. Instead of using money, use an old rag. And here's a better tip from Progressive on how not to waste money. Don't pay too much for car insurance. Drivers who switch and save could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary. Go outside even though she usually sleeps much longer. So the dog quickly bolted to the back and the back part of the roughly two-acre property there. And the witness put on his shoes and stepped up outside right as the sky was lighting up around him. And he thought, oh, no, maybe a power line is down as it's been pretty rough winter out here. And so the the reporting witness stated, and I quote, I walked around my house and I saw what is pictured with zero footprints present except my own. And what the witness saw was snow on the ground, but an area roughly 30 feet wide in a circle shape made up of packed ice with fluffy powder snow all along the edges. And in his quote, he said, my dog was going ballistic all around the area. So I snapped a few pictures and I got the dog inside. 
the witness could not understand what might have created the impact area. Then once at work at 8 a.m., he received a phone call from his wife and she, quote, had she couldn't sleep all night and was feeling restless. And she had a strange odor on her hands that she claimed was a chemical odor that she couldn't get the smell out of. And so the witness has no explanation as to, and is interested in an investigator from MUFON coming out to review the case. And so the witness provided additional photos, and one in particular in the filed report really does depict what is described in that circular packed ice area. Very interestingly, there was also some recent coverage of a two and a half hours after this case occurred, about 30 miles northeast of Lapine, and a witness in Bend, Oregon, filed a case report, and they had witnessed with videotape, uh, videotape, with video, uh, orb-shaped object that just hovered above the tree line. So perhaps a corroborating uh, witness here out in Oregon and there have been a number of almost 14 sightings since the 22nd of December, along with 11 cases filed re- recently, um, along with some along the California line around these the same time. So looks like there's some corroborating evidence to this case in particular. And historically, Lapine has been a UFO hotspot. So it's actually not surprising to see this case. Really good one. Super close to home for me. I might have to go out and check it out myself. See, Dave, what are your thoughts? Well, the first thing I'm 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 pointing my finger and laughing at you because I know you're out there looking in Oregon and you finally pack it up for the winter because you're one of those people who likes warmth. And <laughs> and here here's some some guy just hanging on out and all of a sudden he's getting debris coming out. I love it. I love it. I bet you're jealous. Well, I'm itching to find out if MUFON sent a star team, which I'm sure they probably did not, because trace evidence is so important it can be washed away. And so, you know, time is ticking on this case. Um, You know, I wouldn't mind getting involved myself. But, yeah, this is what it's all about. Absolutely. And, and, you know, we've seen these metamaterials drop like it happened in in, uh, a number of cases, including in Falcon Lake here in Canada when Stefan Mikulik got burnt by the craft where there was allegedly little metal droppings from this craft all along uh, the riverbed. And, you know, this isn't the first time we've heard about this. And this is where we get a lot of the metamaterials from. Well, the beauty of this case in particular is that this involves ice and snow, and that potentially could hold eDNA. That's the sort of thing that could be, you know, given some data, we could do some research behind that. So getting trace evidence, like I said, is sometimes pivotal to something like this to prove it out, even with multiple witnesses like this. I agree. I agree. And for that matter, um, his his wife's hands, you know, she had a chemical uh, odor on her hands. Perhaps there's some way to get some detection off of that, too. Well, you hope so. You hope so. I mean, look, it's very rare that we get any type of evidence from these. I mean, like, hey, people may report thousands of UFOs in the sky above throughout the year, but very rarely do you get any sort of physical evidence. And if there is, 
I'm I'm wondering if MUFON got their hands on it or at least a snippet of it. I do worry about MUFON's intentions right now because they seem to want to play the government game with everything instead of being really the voice of the people. So I am concerned about that. But, you know, it'd be Tim, I think you got to track this down for us. And I think you got to kind of figure out, you know, what you want uh, or if you can uh, uh, get a piece of that metamaterial. Right. Well, um, I work with Richard Lang from um, MUFON. He was the original creator of the Star Team. So if anyone did have boots on the ground, he would be the guy to know that w- or that would know. So I could easily find out and potentially, you know, go samples, hand them off to him, get MUFON involved along with anyone independent. Definitely. I mean, that's exactly what I'm here for. Yeah. And we need more of that. We need more of that. Yeah. That's a great report, my friend. Great report. All yeah, right. I was stoked to see it. Let's get to the final one tonight that you have for us. And and this this one's a little weird because we're getting into healings by aliens and UFOs. What's this all about? Yeah, so one of the most intriguing findings that are emerging from the work is that many medical healings and attempts to heal on the part of the visitors is in about one half of the cases that are being involved with some of the um, contacts that we are seeing. And so all at other times um, there may be reoccurring conditions where they're uh, interacted with multiple times and healed over time. And um, some abductees have experienced or witnessed healing conditions ranging from minor wounds to pneumonia, childhood, childhood leukemia, and even in one case reported um, an overcoming of muscular atrophy in a leg relating to polymetitis. And so this was all, you know, work that was done um, by Dr. John Mack and people like him um, who were also working on the psychiatry side of things. Um, They would also review a lot of these cases. Um, Not all of them are historical. However, some of them are very recent And so uh, medical UFO healing can be defined as a psychological improvement as a result of an encounter with a non-human intelligence. And these types of cases have appeared regularly since the modern age of UFOs and continue to be reported on today. And so while most major researchers have uncovered cases of healings due to their fantastic nature, such events have not received much attention. So... Bud Hopkins also got in on this historically, and he brought the question of whether we hear about the healing cases. Uh, We do sometimes, but very rarely they do turn up. But in extreme and rare cases, the aliens will actually undertake a cure of some ailment for troubling an abductee that they may find once they are abducted. And so they'll have a repeated performance where they are met with multiple times to get the complete healing to go. And so they're calling it kind of treatments. And um, researcher Preston Dennett released his book called UFO Healings, where he presented more than 100 cases showing beyond any reasonable doubt that the veracity of these healing cases are in existence. And so it may be kind of on the outreaches of some of the cases, although um, it's starting to become more prevalent. 
Um, there are plenty of case studies that people can dig into, and some of them actually do have medical records that can be tracked down and followed. And so, David's pretty interesting. There's, it's you know, it is a little bit woo for some people, but um, it may be an absolute reality as part of the abductee experience that is a positive one, you know. And so, I think it's something that should be highlighted far more. I tell you what, I like about thought. this story. And I know you're going to ask me my opinion anyways. Yeah. I think it paints extraterrestrials in a really different light. I think people get weirded out when they think of ETs that are potentially here to help humanity. We're not ready for that because of the way over the last 30 years that Hollywood has really portrayed in its dramatic sci-fi films as extraterrestrials being bad for the planet as extraterrestrials coming here to wipe out humanity coming here to enslave us or use us as food or whatever it may be. So, you know, I mean, even going to abductions with anal probing and everything that goes along with the abduction side. And I think we're so ingrained in that thought that we do forget that out of the amount of people on this planet, not every human is bad. In fact, it's a very small percentage of humans that are actually, you know, rotten eggs and need to be thrown out. The majority of us are are damn good people. And I could say the same thing because we don't know about extraterrestrials. Could they be as friendly as we want? I'm sure there's some bad apples out there. I'm sure there is. I'm sure there are ones out there that would love to help us with our destruction. But overall, I think we do have to put into into the conversation that there are ETs out there that are wanting to heal and help and help humanity get better. So... We don't know which side of the ledger we stand on right now. It's all just obtuse conversation. Yeah. And I was kind of wondering your opinion here, because I know you've talked to so many professionals that have um, really researched these topics. And in your opinion, do you think some of this is interpretation by the witness? Because isn't this very much along the 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 hairline edge of an angel experience perhaps couldn't have couldn't it easily be interpreted that way if it's a positive one that's healing and do you think that historically perhaps et experiences have been labeled as angels if it's been beneficial like this to the witness could be could be i don't think we could throw that out i think it'd be very ignorant to say that oh no it's aliens and those aliens are 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 good guys, they're good fellas, and, you know, they're going to save us from everything we screw up on, right? No, that's not the case. That's not the case. We don't know what they're like. We can hope that they are good and, and, and see the best for our humanity, but right now we don't know. So I think it's too early. Have people experienced healing? 
whether it's from disease or whether broken bones or, you know, something like arthritis or, or whatever it may be. Hey, there's, there is a possibility that that has happened, right? There is a possibility. All right. We don't know. But the majority of people out there who have been taken have not experienced this. But on the flip side, not to sound like I'm rambling, you do have to wonder about Dr. Ed, Dr. Edgar Mitchell's free experiencers, where their statistics show that 82% to 84% of all people who took their study, almost 5,000 people who have been abducted, would love for it to happen again because they had such a great experience. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm really glad you brought that up because there's a lot of great information in that book about this. Um, and for that matter, it brings up a lot of other interesting, you know, concepts where we know that our brain can poten potentially heal the body. Right. And so if we are convinced enough and through meditation and things like that, we can heal ourselves potentially. And so if we're convinced enough by an experience and our belief is strong enough in something, um, potentially we could be healed that way. Now I I've heard of that religious through religious means and through uh, phenomenal means, although they're pretty close. Um, and I find that very interesting. So do you think that somehow these, like I said, it's a very gray line, how these things divided. So historically, do you think even in paintings, do you think we're seeing a lot of ET interaction being depicted as angels in art and in works, potentially. You know what? I, I don't know, Tim. You know, I wish I had a better answer for you than that, but I really don't know. You, you kind of caught me off guard with that because I was listening to you intently, and then it just kind of hit me like there really isn't a a good answer to give on that. We can hope. I think that's the only thing we can say. We can hope. I don't think that's a fair answer, but it's all we got. It's just, you've got to wonder when we see such clear depictions of angels and ET and craft and things like that carved into stone, painted on walls, painted by um, Rembrandt. Yeah. I mean, and even modern painters. So it, it's up to us to interpret because we don't have the written answers on the back of them. You know, we don't have a cheat sheet for that artwork. But I'm True. wondering, is it, in, is it uh, you know, exactly what was seen? Is it a depiction of angels or was it E.T.? Well, I don't know. That's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. I wasn't around in the 1500s or 1600s or whenever Rembrandt was around. You know, but, but, you know, I'm probably the worst guy to ask that question to because I am a creationist, okay, and I do separate, in my opinion, and my opinion only, okay, I do separate the religious angelic side from the extraterrestrial side. Now, I'm not saying that the ETs don't have a healing ability. Humans have a healing ability. It's been proven. Okay, uh, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, it's, it's just crap. But the Roman Catholic Church 
love him or hate him, has deemed people as healers, you know, through miracles. You know, Chris Bledsoe has been deemed as a healer by some. So where do you take it? Where do you take it? Is it just aliens doing this? Do we all have the power to heal? We know scientifically speaking, our body can heal itself. I mean, look at somebody who quits smoking. Within eight hours, their lungs have started healing itself. Right? So I don't know where to go with that. I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm a little stuck on that. Now, could Rembrandt or any of the, the great artists have thrown a few, you know, cliffhangers in their paintings? Sure. I mean, there's talk that Da Vinci did that as well. But who knows? We're a little too young to know those answers. And I don't really want to party like it's 1599 again. Right. Well, I think it's it's a little dangerous to get um, involved in um, any any organization, you know, that claims to have that ability and starts charging, you know, that that's always a big red flag. I don't know of them existing. I think I, I may have seen it in, in like a, a bad movie or something. But um, my whole thing is that I'm starting to see it more and more. And. I love the fact that people like even Gary Nolan bring up the fact that it's, we know that UFOs are potentially interacting with us in a way that's changing us and that can be, you know, evaluated. I find that incredibly intriguing. And so if anything can be proven in that sense, and then that leads to the facts that people that are abductees, if they need it, are being healed. Well, then that's a huge note from them. That's a love note from them. And that needs to come out um, and be publicized far more, um, you know, than just in little blurbs like I'm reading. So I love the work that Gary Nolan is doing. I'm going to keep bringing his name up um, because I know this is the sort of thing he's trying to prove. So I love UFO healing, and I was excited to get this article out. I agree, and I'm glad you shared it with us because I think it's one of those next steps that we are going to have to look at for sure, for sure. Tim, I'm going to have to say goodnight to you because it is time for us to almost move on and say goodnight to everybody in this show. A great UFO report tonight, man, friend, and thank you so much for doing that for us here and being our resident UFO guy to the news. We really appreciate it. See you soon. Have a great weekend, everybody. And thank you to our good friend, Swamp Dweller, for taking us down to the swamp. And, of course, our Keith Andrews joining us for the ET Connection. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brothers watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Spreaker, Facebook, LinkedIn, and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. I know you're out there somewhere. 
Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us, because together, my friends, we're watching. We own the night, Mister Bumblefoot. We need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night.